Now, the window world of Northeast Florida fifth quarter on 1010XL. Presented by Osteen, Volvo, and Volkswagen. And Dr. George Bari and Bari Orthopedics. From Players Grill Mandarin, here are your hosts, Ryan the Hacker Green, Leon Searcy, and Coach Campo. Mayfield drops again, fires toward the end zone, and that ball is going to be caught for the touchdown by Mike Evans. He beat Tyson Campbell, and this thing's been all Tampa Bay. Touchdown of 22 yards with 45 seconds left in the first half. Frank Frangie on the call, Jaguars Radio, and with that, a happy Christmas Eve to you, Jacksonville. It is the window world of Northeast Florida fifth quarter. We're brought to you by Dr. George Barry and Barry Orthopedics and Osteen Volkswagen. And let me just say, we're happy to be here with you. We're going to mourn together the fourth loss in a row. We're going to uh, console each other with the Pro Bowler, Leon Searcy, and the head coach, Dave Campo. I'm the hacker, Ryan Green. Leon, you and I have been doing the fifth quarter now for a number of years together. We have. I go back to when this station got the <clears throat> flagship rights to the Jaguars <clears throat> a decade ago. I've done every fifth quarter for a decade. <clears throat> I have never turned a game off before today. <clears throat> when it was 27 nothing, I said, if you don't want to play, then I don't want to watch you. I went back on the way here, and I watched the highlights of the touchdown by Ridley. I know enough and saw the replay of Trevor getting hurt and Anton Harrison getting hurt, but I turned the game off. I was disgusted, as I'm sure many Jaguar fans are, with a putrid, pathetic, uninspired performance. And if there was any doubt to you if the Jacksonville Jaguars were a good football team or not, put that to bed. Good football teams do not lose four games in a row. Mm. And that is exactly what the Jacksonville Jaguars have now done. You know, heck, I, I started the day in a festive mood, all right? It was Christmas Eve. I got on the Christmas attire. You like my shirt, right? It is, yeah. Oh, that looks know, good. I, 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 listen, I picked out a wardrobe with the anticipation of coming here in the fifth quarter and celebrating with you guys a Jaguars win. I even brought you a Big Sir cigar. I appreciate I, that. I, I thought it was going to be a victory cigar. I had laid out everything on my bed, including the cigar, anticipating a Jaguars win. And I was kind of like you, Hack. I was fed up. I, I, I just was fed up with this team. This team was unmotivated, uninspired to win a football game. Everything that went wrong went wrong during this game and had everything to do with what they did or what they did not do. That's what this Jaguar team did. Right now, and I told you this off the air before we came on here, the Jaguars right now, but believe it or not, the Jaguars are the worst playing team in the playoff picture, in my opinion. I mean, if look around the league. Look at the look at the teams that are winning games. Look at the teams that are, are in the playoff picture and in the top seven seeds. And the Jaguars, if you put them up toe to toe against you know, all those teams that are playing right now, they are the worst. The fact that the Jaguars control their own destiny is a joke. The fact that the AFC South today, Indy looked terrible, Houston looked terrible, Tennessee's already been eliminated, Jacksonville looked terrible. The AFC South all of a sudden is garnering that reputation of being the worst division in football that it had coming into the year. And head coach Dave Campo, you were talking to me about Doug Peterson's postgame comments today in Tampa. It looks like a coach that has a it has a Super Bowl ring that has hoisted a Lombardi trophy. It looks to us like Doug Peterson might be out of answers. Well, all I can tell you is I've got three Super Bowl rings, none as a head coach. But I can tell you right now, I listened to his press conference, and he was at a loss for words. And I'll tell you right now, if one of the callers calls and asks me what I talk to the team about, I'm at a loss for words as well. This was just an ugly operation. 
statistically, the statistics were about even, 335 to 305. But you can't turn the ball over, guys. When you turn the ball over, you're going to lose football games. And it just, we're not playing fundamentally sound football. We're really not, even on defense. You know, the guys, we're missing tackles that at the beginning of the year we weren't missing. Mm. So there's something wrong going on in this football team right now. And unfortunately, instead of peaking at the right time, they're disintegrating at the right time. And, 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 and Coach, listen, we're old school. We, 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 what's allowed during the week shows up on Sunday, all right? They just don't go out and miss blocks and miss tackles and turn the football over. It just doesn't happen on Sundays. It, it has to be allowed during the week. If you don't rectify the, those problems during the week, turnovers, missed tackles, missed blocks, being fundamentally sound with your technique and, and all that kind of stuff, if that's just allowed to happen during the week, then this is the outcome of Sundays. So, I mean, it, it's, it's both hands, coaching staff and the players, they're allowing this kind of behavior, and then we get to see – what we saw today on Sunday. And and quickly, uh, I know people are going to talk about the injuries, and we'll get to those uh, with Trevor certainly leaving the game. But I'm going to do a quick checklist here. Foye Aluikin, Rayshon Jenkins, Tyson Campbell, Trayvon Walker, Devin Lloyd, Trey Herndon, Darius Williams, Roy Robertson-Harris, Devon Hamilton, Adam Gotsis, Josh Allen, Dewan Smoot, Fadakasi, Wingard, Chason, uh, keep going on down the line, Antonio Johnson. All those guys played. That was the Jacksonville Jaguar defense out there. There were no injury problems on that defense. Those were your guys. That was the Jaguar defense that Baker Mayfield went through like a hot knife through butter to the point that on their first seven offensive drives, they scored on six of them. And the one offensive drive they didn't was because they took a need in the first half. Well, here's the deal. This has been going on for a while. Uh, we don't affect the passer. When you don't affect the passer, a lot of these quarterbacks, Browning, uh, you name it, Flacco. If you don't affect the passer, you're not gonna you're not gonna get them stopped. I especially only wish, when, well, yeah. especially when they're playing man when they're not playing man to man. When they when they playing zone back there and they've got plenty of time to throw the football, mm -hmm. it's going to be a long day. You know what I wish, Coach? <clears throat> I wish we only would have known that in May. Yeah. I only wish we would have sat here for weeks and weeks and months and months and said, we might not be able to affect the quarterback this offseason. Obviously, I'm being sarcastic. Yes. We said <laughs> that every show. Hacker After Dark, I'll speak for myself, every night. They don't have enough to affect the opposing quarterback. And we go to every Doug Peterson press conference in minicamp, every Doug Peterson press conference in OTAs, Trent Baalke talking, Mike Caldwell. Oh, the young guys are going to develop. We like our young guys. And then you see Leonard Floyd sign in Buffalo. By the way, he has 11 and a half sacks. And you see Jadavian Clowney go to Baltimore, Kyle Van Noy go to Baltimore. All these guys that are making impacts for their team, and we can't do anything. That is an indictment of Trent Baalke to me. And I'm sorry, I've defended Trent Baalke. You mm -hmm. dropped the ball on that one, not going out to get pass rushers this offseason. They did nothing to address that. And by the way, I'm I'm very angry about this performance, so I'm just going to pile on a little bit here. This rookie class has been awful this year. Awful. Anton Harrison's been good. You've got nothing out of your second-round pick. 
You've got nothing out of your third-round pick. Your fourth-round pick's on IR. Your fifth-round pick can't see the field because he's inactive every week. Braswell hadn't played all year. It has been a well, putrid draft class. Well, heck, you're absolutely right. I, I, I totally agree with you. But just like the pass rush, they sold us fool's gold. They said, we're going to develop these guys, and they're going to come along as the season progresses. Same thing with the rookie class. Rookie class, the reason why the rookies aren't playing, they don't get any time, because they haven't been developed to the point where the team can trust them. They don't trust these rookies that you drafted in the in the first. Well, the first round is okay. I don't even give – he's okay, all right? Second round, third round, all these guys that you drafted, you don't trust them because you haven't developed them. And and well, the, the key that you haven't developed, that, this is the, the reason why I'm not playing. And in this point in the season, in December – you haven't developed them, and you don't trust them enough. So that's an indictment on the coaching staff and the GM for drafting them. Hey, both of them, both both of them are accountable for the lack of production by our rookie class. Coach, let's get to Trevor Lawrence. I got crushed last week being critical of Trevor Lawrence. Uh, I think he's hurt. That's my only explanation at this point. I think he's hurt. Excuse. Well, you know, you're Leon. You're probably right about that. I'm not giving him. But I'm, I'm tired of tough guy Trevor. All right. If you're hurt, sit out next week. Let C.J. Beathard play against Carolina yeah. because I would hope yeah. I would hope to everybody involved in football gods and, and everything that you can beat Carolina with C.J. Beathard because odds are you're going to need Trevor Lawrence to beat Tennessee. Mm-hmm. And so get Trevor as healthy as possible. This consecutive start BS and this tough guy BS, I'm over it. What good is getting back in there to play if you're awful when you play? Well, there's no question that uh, he's gone downhill since he got hurt. So, to me, that's a case of not practicing. Mm. When you're not practicing, you're going to get a situation like you did with Evan Ingram going down the middle in a cover two, and he doesn't go where Trevor thought he was going to go, and he throws the ball to the other team. That's practice. That's being, uh, you know, taking reps, making sure you know what the receivers are doing. All those things come into play. And to me, we had a rule back in the day, if you don't practice on Thursday, you don't play on Sunday. That's just the way it was. Now, it may be a little different now. I'm not coaching now, so I don't know. But I know that if you don't practice, fundamentally, uh, Leon just said it. They're not tackling because they're not practicing any tackling in practice. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, there's a lot of things that come with, you know, making sure you're on the field. And this coach has to have trust issues with Trevor because if you go the whole week and he don't practice – and you play him, that means the coaching staff is saying, okay, Trevor's good. You know, he's going to get these mental reps. He's not going to practice Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. He's going he go, he's gonna to watch film, and then he can go out to play. I, I, don't, I don't believe that. You just can't – it's not like turning on the switch and the lights come on. You've got, you've got to be engaged into the, the preparation of Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. You have to be engaged. You have to be on the field. You got to see the blitzes. You got to go through the coverages. You got to sight adjust and all that other kind of stuff. If he's not going through that during practice, I don't know what the hell he's out there for. Because I've never been in a situation in all my eleven years playing. All right, and my all my eleven years play, I've never been in a situation. If I miss Wednesday practice and I miss Thursday practice, you're on the sideline. You're out. Mm-hmm. You're out. You're not playing. You're not playing the game. Well, and it's amazing too how momentum. One thing goes wrong for this offense, and they're cooked. Like, they're moving the ball decently well. Then Dearness Johnson fumbles, probably because he hadn't practiced with Trevor all week. He recovers it. You lose five yards, completely stalls the drive. That's it. That might have been the Devin White interception, come to think of it, on yeah, third it down. Is. It was. It was. And then 
the, the most egregious, I assume this was Press Taylor, or I don't care who it was, Press Taylor, Doug Peterson, whoever called this play, crumple it up, throw it in the fireplace, roast marshmallows on it, and wait for Santa to come down the chimney tonight. You're moving the ball. You got Elijah Cooks out there making plays for you. And on first and 10 from the Buccaneer 29, you decide to run a reverse with Calvin Ridley. Your offensive line can't block me right now, and you lose 12 yards, completely obliterating anything you were doing on that drive. And you, you throw the book, you throw the ball to Cooks, who converted on two third downs that got you in that situation, and then you get cute. You want to, you want to, uh, whatever, the, what the hell it was, a counter reverse to uh, a Ridley, and all the penetration cost us yards. And then McManus misses a kick, and I'm about over that too. I mean, it might well, be- I don't blame McManus for that kick. I mean, he missed it. Yeah, of course he missed, of course. But that, this, you, you put him in a situation where he's struggling and you asking him to kick another 50-yarder, which we saw last week, he's not good. He's not money when it comes to that. Coach, you've coached defensive backs for a lot of your career. That's what your bread and butter was in the NFL. I understand Mike Evans and Chris Godwin are good players. Mike Evans is going to be in the Hall of Fame one day, so I'm probably shortchanging him. He's a great player. I don't know if you need to be off of him 10 yards every time. I mean, when you can run a five-yard button hook and catch it and turn up field and get three more yards, you get eight yards without doing anything. I don't know. Maybe at some point get closer to him, maybe bump him at the line of scrimmage, spit in his ear, tell him a story, entertain him, do something. You're 10 yards off the guy. He's just picking you apart the entire game. Your thoughts? Well, first of all, they're a zone football team, and they're, they're a soft zone. And that's my whole point about not getting pressure on the quarterback. If you're going to do that, uh, you're, you're in trouble. And since you don't play man, all of a sudden you start having to blitz to get the thing going, and you can't cover the guy because you're not practicing covering guys one-on-one. So it's a catch-22 that we're in defensively. But I'm going to tell you right now, even as bad as we played defensively today, if you turn the ball over four times, you're going to get beat. It doesn't matter what you do on defense. The interceptions, were they Trevor's fault? Well, the first one, I don't know that he saw the guy, and the guy made a heck of a play. Devin White. Devin White. Yeah. The one to uh, Ingram, I really think Ingram should have continued straight down the field. It's a cover two. They had the safety back on the hash. The other safety was on the hash. They had a guy running right down the seam at the guy on the hash. The wide open is in the middle. He turned in, and the guy ran underneath him and, and, and intercepted it. So it's a combination. It's it's lack of working together, in my opinion. And then, Leon, you're one of the two best offensive linemen to ever played for this organization in 30 years of Jaguar football. So you're one of the guys to ask. The running game is putrid. It, it's the worst running game in the NFL. They are awful. They are awful. And I don't know if it's the O-line, if it's ETN, if it's yeah. lack of creativity in the play calling, the scheme. Mm-hmm. I don't know what it is, mm-hmm. but my God, the running game I know is bad. What it is. I know what it is. They're soft up front. They're not very physical. They're not very physical up front. Listen, listen anytime there's a situation where, once again, third and, third and short, fourth and short, shotgun, you don't run, you don't run behind the offensive line because offensive line, they, they play high. Everybody plays high. Everybody's trying to position plot. Nobody's trying to – Flat back, come off the ball and move speed. And it gets in the second level, it's non existent. You can't get to the second level because they can't get any push in the front level. That's why linebackers are running around making plays. Man, what's his name? What's what's the linebacker's name for for uh, Levante Tampa? David? David. I mean, he all they just, just making tackles downhill. Now, we don't run the ball enough. All right. I mean, ATN had six touches for twelve yards. 
two point yards a carry. Well, that's like Groundhog Day, man. Exactly. Well, they never is, run bro. the ball enough. It yeah. is, but it's, it's hard to run the ball when you're getting nothing in the running game. Yes, but look at it. Look at this as well. Where did they make the most pressure on us? Right up the middle. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. First of all. Even when the defensive line is just doing the rush, they were pushing our inside guys right back into the quarterback. When they blitzed, where did they blitz? They blitzed inside and dropped guys off to the outside. Mm-hmm. And I'm telling you that we are really soft interiorly, and that's hurting us both in a running game and in pass protection. Mm-hmm. Phone lines are wide open, 641-1010 on this Christmas Eve edition of the fifth quarter. We'll get to your calls in just a moment. We're with you for at least another 90 minutes or so before Santa's going to come visit and uh, all that good stuff. So uh, we're here. Look, the Jaguars um, put a lump of coal in all of our stockings tonight with a 30-12 to loss, and that is not near as indicative of how awful a butt-kicking it was. Tampa Bay just stopped playing football in the fourth quarter. They didn't even care to be there. They were just running out the clock, and the Jaguars have lost four in a row. And for anybody that thinks Jacksonville is going to beat Carolina next week, I want to have some of what you're drinking because I don't know what NFL team they can beat right now with how poorly they're playing. They have been awful as of late. Let's head to Ocala. Let's get David to kick things off here on the fifth quarter. David, what's going on? Gentlemen, seriously, hacker, coach, Merry Christmas to you all. And yeah, I gotta Merry Christmas. Thank you. You, you made me Christmas. feel good right there. I got to thank you for – doing this every Sunday and living through this. Yeah, I'm coming back from the game. Oh, boy, was that fun. Oh, wow. Uh, Let's um, Falky. Okay, Um, Trevor should have never been on the field. I give him all the tenacity and everything for wanting to be on the field because you're a player and you want to play. But someone's got to step in and say, you know what, Trev, you're not ready. Please take the bench. But the problem is the rose-covered Trevor glasses that this organization has is it's Trevor or bust. You have C.J. Beathard. If you can't go with him, then why is he on the team? Why hasn't Balky given us a serviceable backup quarterback? Um, that's what I don't understand because, you know, you get your first-round pick and you take a project defensive tackle that never played the position in college. But we're going to go with him instead of maybe, oh, I don't know, Aiden Hutchinson or an offensive line to help protect you. Please tell me why Balky still has a job with this team. David, appreciate the phone call. Thank you for supporting the Jaguars on the road. I know that could not have been easy. Uh, I'll do respect to, you know, David. Trayvon Walker's getting better. I, I, I mean, he had another sack today. What's that, seven sacks on the year? I don't mind Trayvon Walker, but I do think David is right in one aspect. Um, Trevor Lawrence, the, the tough guy thing is is over for me. I mean, I commend him. He is an unbelievably tough guy. His dedication to the football team is unmatched at this point. But if his shoulder is banged up and it said it was bothering him in the postgame, give it a week to rest and put C.J. Beathard in there because C.J. Beathard, Leon, you and I talked about this on Hacker After Dark. You know what C.J. Beathard is? C.J. Beathard is a guy that's going to check it down, you know, a majority of the time. But sometimes a five-yard gain on first down is okay. It's better than throwing the ball 35 yards downfield and getting it picked off. I don't care how boring the offense looks when Beathard's in there. If they're moving at five-yard increments, I'm fine with that. And I almost hope that Lawrence sits out next week because I don't know if Beathard doesn't give us the best shot to win next week, to be honest with yeah, you. Yeah, but here's the thing. Here's the reason why I'm not going to let Trevor off the hook because when you step on between those um, – when you step in between those white lines and play football, 
the injury is no longer on the table. You're telling your teammates, you're telling your organization, you're telling your coaching staff that you're prepared enough mentally and physically to go out and win a football game. So those three turnovers are hurt his. Now, when they took him out in the third quarter, I was pissed off because he set that table for them to eat. You prepared that meal, all right? Those three turnovers that you had, you, I, you're going to eat that. That's yours. I mean, I, I listen, I just don't want to give him a built-in excuse for being a tough guy because when you get on that field, you're telling your coaching staff, you're telling your position coach, you're telling your teammates that I'm good to go. All right, you're good to go. So I'm not, I'm not going to give him a pass on those turnovers. Those are his turnovers. When he, they pulled him in, the, in the third quarter, he said, "Listen, he prepared that meal. He, me, I'm just old school. You prepared that meal. You got to eat it. You got to eat it. Don't give him no paid vacation because because you said he hurt. No, you step in between those lines. You got to play that football game. No excuses whatsoever. That's just my opinion on it." It is a good point, though. I mean, Coach, he had the knee, he had the ankle, he had the concussion. He keeps coming back. I mean, the guy's unbelievably tough, but he does not look like Trevor Lawrence right now. There's no question about that. No, there's no question about that. And, again, I a lot of it is because, you know, you're not practicing. It's it's tough to perform. And uh, I'm I'm like you. If he's not 100% for this next one, I, I, he listen. Browning's doing it. Flacco's doing mm-hmm. it. Uh, who else? If uh, Flacco came back a month earlier, he'd be in the MVP conversation. No kidding. Hey, well, listen, he's been it now. Yeah. If he brings those guys back. Up and, until today, Minshew was doing it. Yeah, exactly. And and Minshew was doing it until this week, and he had a rough day today. Yeah. But, uh, look, you got to trust guys in the backup position that they can go in and play if a guy's not 100%. What's that, Especially at that position. Let's get Junior in here real quick. He's been on hold forever. Then we'll step aside for a break. If you're on the line, we will get to you. Junior, Merry Christmas uh, here on Christmas Eve. I know today was probably a tough one for you. Yeah, Merry Christmas and Happy New Year to you and your family, guys. That's want to get off first. Uh, yeah, you're right. You, you, you're, you guys in the first few minutes of this uh, show have everything. You said everything. There's nothing more <laughs> I could add to it, but it's frustrating. Um, had a posit- little positive morning, like I like Mr. Cersei, but deep down when I saw both uh, Colts and, and, and Houston lose, I was like, man, is this going to be a game where the Jaguars just fail? They got the table set for them. Two teams they needed to lose lost. They could get up one game on them. And I, back in my mind, I said, there's no way they're going to win this game. There's no way. And look what they did. They went out there with a lackluster effort again. Again, these guys cannot show up for a big game. What is it that this team doesn't have that to test their fortitude to show up and play for a big game? No matter if it's on a Sunday night, a Monday night, it, it doesn't matter. There's nobody that, uh, there's no starters I trust on this team that can say, hey, we got to do something. I wish Mr. Cersei, they were somebody like Leon that had the fortitude to come out and say, we're playing like crap. But there's no one, no starter on this team that has that kind of fire in their belly to go to, to take over this locker room because the coaches don't have this locker room. The players are just riled around crazy, and it's proven to on this field. It's proven what we're seeing on this field. No one's in charge. They're just running around blindly on that field, and it's disgusting. And they're just, it's, to go eight and three a month ago, eight and three being on top of the AFC for one for three hours to to this, this is garbage, guys. I'm thank you for letting me talk, and I'm thank you that you're on this program right now because this is putrid for for what we have to see. 
Thank you, guys. Hey, Junior, appreciate it. Yeah, from 8-3 and three to 8-7. and seven. And by the way, winning the division would be fun, and that's still the goal. They're going to get obliterated on Wild Card Weekend because if they win the division, they'll be the four seed, which will mean Cleveland the five or Buffalo the five. Uh, you're not going to beat either one of them the way you're playing. In fact, you will get crushed. You will be an underdog at home in that game. So the goal is to win the division, and that would be great, and we can have that conversation for the next two weeks. But the way this is going, they're not going to do anything in the postseason. Uh, the uh, 9 o'clock hour is upon us. Again, we're with you till at least 10, 10, 15 tonight. 641-1010 is the phone number. The Window World of Northeast Florida, fifth quarter. We're brought to you by Dr. George Bari and Bari Orthopedics and Osteen Volkswagen. The All-Pro <laughs> Roofing phone line is where you can get us right now at 641-1010. With Leon Searcy and Dave Campo, the hacker Ryan Green will give an offensive player of the game, and your phone call's next as we roll on on Christmas Eve here in Jacksonville, Florida. Putting an extra 60 minutes on the clock. The window world of Northeast Florida fifth quarter from Players Grill Mandarin, presented by Osteen Volvo and Volkswagen and Dr. George Bari and Bari Orthopedics on 1010XL. Here's Trevor scrambling right, looking downfield, still looking. Now fires toward the end zone. That ball's going to be... Caught for the touchdown by Calvin Ridley. The Jags are finally in the end zone. Trevor to Calvin Ridley for the score, an 18-yard touchdown. Frank Frangie on the call, Jaguars radio. Jacksonville loses 30-12 to to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Every week here on the fifth quarter, we do give you an offensive player of the game. That offensive player of the game is brought to you by our friends at Universal Roof. RJ, let's do it now. The Universal Roof. Offensive player of the game. Universal Roof and Contracting presents the offensive player of the game. Universal Roof and Contracting. The difference is universal. Complete garbage time, Leon. You have to put the caveat on it. Complete garbage time. But six for 90 and two touchdowns is still a good day at the office. So Calvin Ridley is the offensive player of the game. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's called pad. Back in the day, Coach and I, we called it, what, pad and stats? It's a fantasy football player. It's, uh, <laughs> hey, it's pad and stats. It's love for it's fantasy players. Hey, I mean, listen, he's going to utilize the, these yardage and these touchdowns when the end of the year comes around and he becomes a free agency and, and wants the Jaguars to re-sign him. So, yeah, I mean, it was, it was a good game for Calvin. Um, I mean, I, I think he went the whole, what, first half without a touch or a throw or something like that? I mean, but it was good he got six catches, nine ball, but to me, in my opinion, it absolutely meant nothing. Now, the touchdowns were good, but, you know, it's, it's just – listen, they were up by 27, okay? I mean, eventually, I mean, they're going to they're gonna give you some leeway, and he caught some balls, and good for him, though. Coach, I might have had it Evan Ingram <clears throat> without the fumble, but even with the fumble, Evan Ingram's caught 98 passes for the Jacksonville Jaguars this year for 824 yards. I mean, there's not a lot of Jaguars that have caught 100 balls in a in – a, season jimmy's done it i'd have to go back and see who else has actually done that i don't know if alan robinson did it i think it. robinson he had 14 touchdowns yeah. that year he did, might have had 100 did keenan ever have 100 keenan no no keenan never had 100 i'll have to go back so. and look but i mean evan ingram's going to be in rarefied air with two more catches yeah. not a lot of jaguars have had 100 catches in a season well i'll tell you this uh with the guys we got out there right now if i was trevor lawrence i'd throw to evan ingram every play that's <laughs> the only guy i'd throw to just throw it to him mm. and let him do some stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, uh, we're not getting open. I mean, it's it's ugly right now. There's no doubt about that. The Jaguars at 8-7, and seven, although the good news, guys, is they control their own destiny. 
because Indianapolis loses in Atlanta. Houston gets embarrassed by Cleveland. So the AFC South is so awful that at four losses in a row and sitting at eight and seven, if Jacksonville beats Carolina at home and then goes to Tennessee and win, two teams that are right now a combined seven and 23, I believe is their record, then Jacksonville wins the AFC South for whatever that's worth. You know, I'm, I'm watching the game. Um, they came on at four, and I, and I was thinking when they were down 27 and I'm saying to myself, you know what, it's probably the worst thing that could have happened for Jacksonville that they played at 4 o'clock. It's because the the, the Titans, I mean, the uh, Texans game was at, on at one. The Colts game was on at one. And I know I've been in locker rooms where you're watching the game or whatever before you go out there and, and you see the team. Because this team, I mean, you, as badly as they play, and they seem unmotivated. I, I kind of wish they had played a one because then they wouldn't have known. Because I, they play like, in my opinion, yeah. they play like, you know what? We ain't going to win this game. I mean, that's I, and I know no player goes in and thinks like that. But from what I saw today, I, 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 it was like Keystone Cops, bro. I mean, just mistakes after mistakes, mixed tackles, turnovers, pressures, no blocking, can't get to the second level, can't run the football. It, it was just – it was terrible. So, I mean – I I'm not making any excuses for them, but this team played like they didn't need to win. By the way, Evan Ingram would only be the second Jaguar ever with 100 catches in a year. Jimmy Smith. Jay Smooth. Jimmy Smith did it twice wow. in 1999 and 2001, and he's the only Jaguar that's ever done it. Keenan got to 94. Allen Robinson, the year he had 80, mm-hmm. or the year he had 14, 14 touchdowns, touchdowns, yeah, 80 catches. Really? 14 touchdowns on okay. 80 receptions. All right. So Evan Ingram, again, rarefied air. He's already third in single-season receptions in Jaguar history behind Jimmy in 99 and Jimmy in 01. And, and we'll see if Evan can catch Jimmy uh, coming up here in the next two games. And you games. said Keenan had, what, 94? Keenan's best year was 94, 94 uh, catches. Yeah, because I've been in the huddle with Keenan. He always came back to the huddle and said, come on, yeah, O-line. Come on, get me the ball. I'm open, baby. Get me the ball. They can't cover me. Keenan was always open, bro, always open. <laughs> 641-1010 is the phone number if you want to get involved. In the fifth quarter. Let's go to the south side. Let's get Dean in here on 1010XL. Dean, go ahead. Hey, happy holidays to the uh, the panel there. Thank, Thank you, buddy. Appreciate Thank you. you. Make a point about, uh, you know, Perry's a good thing now. Well, it keeps many NFL uh, cities engaged till the end of the season. That's a good thing. The safety concerns, I think, is good that we don't have guys walking around with CTE or brain injuries post-career. But what I don't understand is the salary cap. Obviously, baseball is blowing it out of the water with, signing these guys to the astronomical contract. But how's it going to be with the Jags when they have to sign Trevor and uh, Josh Allen and that's the big contract so with the salary cap? How's that going to work? It seems like other NFL teams who have drafted or have, got, or have had lower priorities than the Jags because of the rec- uh, winning records of the, of the other teams, how are the Jags going to procure better offensive linemen? Now, Dean, well, it's a great question. Yeah. And one of the better questions, Leon, is – Trevor Lawrence is going to want Joe Burrow money and Justin mm-hmm. Herbert the, money. The way he's playing right now, he's going to wait, have to wait a year, in my opinion. You're going to give Trevor $300 million for 18 touchdowns and 19 turnovers? And if this team if this de- if, if this team leaks all the way through and don't make the playoffs, you're going to give him $300 million next year? That's uh-huh. what you're going to do? Gonna, I would give Josh Allen his money. I would give him this money. I mean, right now, what, Josh Allen has, what, 13 and a half sacks, something like that? I would pay I mean, Josh tr- Allen before I pay Calvin Ridley. Oh, yeah. I would, yeah. I'm not I'm not paying Calvin that kind of money. I'm not even franchise tagging, in my opinion. You go out there and you can find you another quad, 
another quality wide receiver, probably for less money. And then you have Christian Kirk. He'll be coming back. But he's underwhelming. Trevor has been underwhelming. Calvin really had two touchdowns there and had a nice little game today, whatever. He's been underwhelming. I mean, this guy st- sat at the podium but during training camp and said he was what? He said he was a 80, 1,200-yard, what, 10-touchdown guy? I mean, I, listen, you can't just be paying guys for being okay. I mean, you got to pay guys who, who got some stock. Right now, I, he, his stock is low, in my opinion. Josh Allen's stock is high. I mean, he's outperformed. I mean, Josh Allen's got 13 and a half sacks. He's what, what top five as far as sacks go? Trevor's under, been underwhelming. I mean, injury, whatever, concussion, whatever. He's been underwhelming. You going to pay Trevor $300 million next year in six months, seven months? Well, no, I'm not. I mean, I'm oh. seriously going to think about it. And, Coach, that goes to Leon's point. I mean, who on this team is playing well right now? You mentioned Evan Ingram, maybe Josh Allen. Who else is playing well? Uh, Really, to be honest with you, there's nobody that's really sticking out. I thought the caller that said that this guy would look, you know, uh, this guy's bad, that guy's bad. I Really, there's nobody that's really playing to where you would say, hey, this guy uh, is making a big difference on us winning or losing right now, uh, unfortunately. And, and I thought there were some guys playing, Darius Williams. Uh, some of the guys were playing early in the year, but right now, uh, nobody. You blame Mike Caldwell for the defensive problems? Well, I, I, look, I was right along with everybody else saying they needed to get a pass rusher. I also said at the time, though, these guys might see somebody that we don't see because they're seeing guys every day in practice. Mm-hmm. Well, obviously, uh, I think Trevor's uh, 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 Trayvon is getting a little bit better, but there's nobody, in my opinion, that's, that's really stood out uh, on defense all year. I mean, you were a head coach in this league and an assistant for decades. Leon, you were a pro bowler and played in this league for 11 years. I've eaten a lot of chicken wings and watched a lot of football. So I'm not in the criteria of you guys, but I think all three of us are in agreement. You go from eight and three to potentially missing the playoffs. Somebody's going to pay for this and it's not going to be Doug Peterson. So then you start saying, okay, well, who's it going to be? And there's only three options you got two coordinators and a general manager. Somebody's going to pay if they go 8-3 and three and end up missing the playoffs. I mean, that's – I'm well, not breaking well, any news there, right? Well, here's, here's the thing. One thing this organization and these players have to understand, no matter what their record is, the, the, the tail end of the season, you're auditioning, all right? You're auditioning for this team. You're auditioning for another team. Uh, the coaching staff as well because you don't know what the – you don't know what the situation may be. Somebody might get fired or whatever. Players get going to get cut whatever. You got to you're auditioning for this team these last two games. That's that's what that's what's troubling to me is that this team is 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 not playing like they have anything to lose. And I hate the fact you know I really do hate the fact that they're top of the division because if they maybe they were a game out of the division maybe you get a little bit more inspiration because this team this I, I said it last week. This team last year with a losing record is way better than this team right now. You, because they're way better because. They had something to play for. They knew we were one and done. If we didn't win out, if we didn't win, every game was a playoff game. That's why this team played so well in the playoff. Now, they they stunk it up for the first half and was down 27-7, to seven, but this team didn't have any get up, give up in it. What I saw today was give up. This, this team last year with a losing record at this particular time of the season is way better than this team because that team didn't have no give up in it. I thought last week's game and this week's game – were very similar. And the reason I say that is 
because in both situations, when I heard guys talking with, uh, you know, interviews during the course of the week, it was almost like, don't worry about it. Mm. We got this. Don't worry about it. I heard it this week when, when and I don't know who it was. It might have been Evan Ingram made the statement. Mm-hmm. He said, hey, we've been here before. We know how to handle this. Well, let me tell you something. There are no JV teams in the, in, in the NFL. You better get yourself ready to play every single week. And I, don't, I just don't think that this team really, I think what Leon said is right. If they were fighting, if they were behind in fighting, I think they'd be fighting more than they are now, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. And that's a shame. That's, that's where I say a coach is going to go before. If somebody's going to go, one of the coaches is going to go before Trent Baalke. Mm-hmm. Because this team was 8-3 and three with the guys that he had here. All of a sudden, they're not playing like 8-3 and three anymore. Well, I'll tell you this. They were without three guys today. They were without Cam Robinson, Zay Jones, and Christian Kirk. The entire defense is out there. That's yes. the Jaguar defense. That's my point. Now, I will tell you this. If I'm Christian Kirk's agent, I want a billion dollars from the Jaguars. Because since yeah. Christian Kirk left this lineup, the Jaguar offense looks like uh, looks like hot garbage. Yeah. They don't have anybody getting open. So, unless Christian Kirk is the equivalent of Jerry Rice, Randy Moss, and T.O. mixed into one, I don't know what's going on. But Christian Kirk leaves, and this offense is unrecognizable. So if I'm Kirk's agent and I'm doing my job for my client, I may want to renegotiate with the Jaguars this offseason because apparently Christian Kirk is the end-all be-all. Well, his contract's weird because he got paid certain money this year and then it goes up and he's going to have to renegotiate anyway. But apparently Christian Kirk is the MVP of the Jaguars because they have looked lost without him out there. Let's go to the state of Alabama. Let's get Jonathan in here on the fifth quarter. Jonathan, go ahead. First off, I want to say uh, Merry Christmas, Hacker, Coach, and Leon. Thank you. Thank you. Appreciate it. Okay, I'm tired of hearing about self-inflicted wounds, working on fundamentals, uh, turnovers need to stop. The offense was putrid today. The defense was average, and McManus missed a kick again, which I don't know if we need to start looking for a kicker or not, But and that roughing the passer penalty, I didn't like that one bit. And last but not least, you tell me you can't line up on fourth down without getting a delay a game penalty? I mean, come on. Get it together. Jonathan, thank you for the phone call. I thought the Cisco penalty was garbage. But, again, that only cost them three points. They didn't lose the game because of that penalty, but I thought that was a bad call by the officials. Uh, I, I did say this on social media. You want a fun Christmas Eve drinking game or maybe a nice drinking game going forward if you're so inclined and live the libation lifestyle? Take a shot every time this week you hear a player or Doug Peterson talk about self-inflicted wounds, and you will be hammered in about five minutes. I am so sick and tired of hearing about self-inflicted wounds and we're beating ourselves and yada, yada, yada. No, so Jake Browning didn't throw for 350 on you. You beat yourself. Joe Flacco didn't come in off the couch and throw for 300 on you. No, because you beat yourself. Lamar Jackson and the Bravens didn't run for 250 on you. Absolutely not. You beat yourself. And today, ah, you had four turnovers. Of course, Tampa Bay couldn't throw for 300 on you because you beat yourself. At some point, you no longer beat yourself. Mm-hmm. At some point, you are a well, bad uh, flipping football team. Well, listen, this, this team plays the way they respond to, to pressers. 
all the last couple of weeks, all like Coach said, this team plays like you know what, we good, we got it, you know, we 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 we're, we get in our own way. They play the same way they speak. All right, they play. They, everything is melatonin and methodical. Oh yeah, we got it. it I, I feel like I'm in a freaking yoga class. All right, these guys <laughs> talk about they woo sign. Everybody's in the locker woo sign. We good. We all right. You know, we'll get it together. I don't want to hear that foolishness. I've had to watch this hot garbage for the last four weeks, and it's it, it's, it's starting to tick me off. This team is soft. What a T. They are soft, and the, the team last year was tougher. And it was it was more more engaged and, and gave a damn more. This team is just the same way they answered the the media or their presser. We got it. We good. You know we're self inflicting wounds. We'll be okay. Press Taylor said it last week in his presser. We've been here before. Yeah, you know with Trevor and everything. We've been here before. We know how to respond to this. Obviously you don't. Yeah, you're moving the ball and then you uh, run a reverse to Ridley. It costs you twelve yards. Just a terrific play call there by the Jaguar offense. Quickly, RJ, every week on the fifth quarter, we give you a defensive player of the game. It's brought to you by our friends at Superior Fence and Rail, and let's do it right now, the defensive player of the game. Jacksonville's building a fence along the goal line. This is the Superior Fence and Rail defensive player of the game. Superior Fence and Rail, where quality matters. Okay, Lucan led the team in tackles. It's almost a rite of passage at this point. 12 tackles, 7 solo. He is one of the tackling machines in the NFL again this year. And Foye Lucan's 12 tackles leading the Jaguar defense makes him this week's defensive player of the game. Gary, Zach, James, the rest of you guys, hang in there. You will be up on the other side with Leon Searcy and Dave Campo. The Hacker Ryan Green with you for another hour or so here on a Christmas Eve as we commiserate with one another, a four-game losing streak. But Jacksonville, it's all good. Self-inflicted wounds. We're beating ourselves, and they still control their own destiny, right? You're going to hear that all week, too. Very exciting. More to do. Fifth quarter rolls on. 10-10XL, 92.5 FM. This is the window world of Northeast Florida fifth quarter from Players Grill Mandarin, presented by Osteen Volvo and Volkswagen and Dr. George Bari and Bari Orthopedics on 1010XL. Here's Trevor scrambling right, looking downfield, still looking. Now fires toward the end zone. The ball's going to be caught for the touchdown by Calvin Ridley. The Jags are finally in the end zone. Trevor to Calvin Ridley for the score, an 18-yard touchdown. Frank Frangie, Jaguars Radio. Christmas Eve, Jaguars lose to Tampa 30-12. to Every week here on the fifth quarter, we give you a play of the game. That play of the game is brought to you by our friends at Performance Painting. Let's do it right now, RJ, the Performance Painting play of the game. Now the Performance Painting high-performance play of the game. Performance Painting, prepare, protect, preserve. And it was the touchdown to Calvin Ridley, one of two touchdowns for Ridley, six grabs, 90 yards. I love this on the text line, designed by Lifetime Enclosures. Usually I get this on Twitter, but I said it was Christmas Eve, so I wasn't going to be as negative. Although today, my gosh, you could have been negative about so many things. Uh, Based on what Hacker is saying, I guess the Jaguars should not play the next couple of games since there is no way they can win. I'm fine with that. (laughs) The way they play today, they're not going to beat Carolina or Tennessee. So I'm totally fine with that. And if, if you want motivation or if the Jaguars' backs are against the wall, that's all fine, well, and good 
until the ball was kicked off. <clears throat> the Jaguars were the worst team in the NFL today. They were the worst team in the NFL. Name a team that played worse than Jacksonville today. Carolina lost. Like Leon, you said they put 30 on Green Bay. Mm. They looked like they gave a crap. I, I, I can't think of a team. So, uh, the Chargers. Chargers fired their coach, had Easton Stick, the man, the myth, the legend, <laughs> Easton Stick mm. as their quarterback last night, and it took Buffalo a last-second field goal to beat them. The Jacksonville Jaguars were the worst team in the National Football League either yesterday or today. And however you want to slice that, however you want to digest that, do with that what you will. But they are absolutely do criticism because they absolutely suck today. Your mm. thoughts? Oh yeah, yeah you 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 hit the hammer <laughs> on the nail for sure, bro. I told you that right now in the playoff picture, right now the, the top seven seeds, the Jaguars are the weakest team going in the playoff picture right now. All the other teams that you see them playing are playing decent football, and this team is it, and and, and that's. For whatever reason that is, I don't know who to blame. It, I mean, the blame is the there's a lot of people to blame, but this team that that went from a, a number one seed contender just a month ago, eight and three for three to, hours, for they three were hours, the number one seed. yes, and to to where they are now, that that is a major collapse. And you, the coaching staff, the players, the play calling, all that, all that, you could just pile that up in a bowl and mix it because everybody's accountable for all these losses. That's why I said earlier that I, I, I'm at a loss for words. I, I don't know what you tell the team other than the fact that in my, in my day and age, it would have been a ripper. But I'm not sure that's how they operate over there. Mm-hmm. But, I, you know, I heard Doug's press conference. So whoever put that on the text line for you, uh, you better – you better take a real good look at what's going on because this team is not going to win any games if they play like this and turn the ball over four times. I mean, the way our so, secondary is <clears throat> playing, Adam Thielen, DJ Chark, you think Chark will be fired up to be back here? You kidding me? I, the Jaguars couldn't stop anybody right now. I mean, it, it is it is as bad well, as I can remember. Well, the, the realization of them going home is for real. Uh, listen, like Coach said, there are, listen, there are no JV teams in the NFL. There's no, uh, I don't want to slight anybody's university, but you know what I'm saying, the college football, you know, there, there's games that you call layups. You know, those games that you know that you're going to give that team a drubbing. That doesn't exist in the NFL. It doesn't It doesn't exist. Carolina, it, those guys are auditioning. They, the, they're playing like they give a damn. I mean, all, the, the Tennessee Titans, just two weeks ago, they went into Miami and beat the Dolphins, who beat the Cowboys today. Yeah, you think the Titans want to ruin the Jaguars' hey, hey, season? Of course they do. Yeah. I mean, listen, the, the realization of them going home is real. If they don't turn this thing around, they're going to be, there's going to be some uh, U-Haul rentals around going on in a couple of weeks if this team doesn't get it going. I cannot remember, and I'll, I'm trying to go back in the memory banks, this would be the biggest collapse in the history of the Jacksonville Jaguars. Ever. Ever. And, I mean, going back to 1995, I can never remember a scenario where they're 8-3, and because they hadn't been since 99, mind you, and you guys didn't collapse in the late 90s, and to maybe potentially miss the playoffs, it would be the biggest collapse in franchise history. Mm-hmm. And I'm sorry if you don't want to hear that, but that is simply the reality of the situation. Mm-hmm. Let's go to the north side. Let's get Zach in here on the fifth quarter. Zach, go ahead. Hey, Merry Christmas, guys. Thank you, buddy. Thank you. Same to mm-hmm. you. Hey, let me say uh, the team for most of the year been saying we play gritty, not pretty. 
that can go out the window. I got another word that'll fit real good with that. But, uh, Same rhyme scheme, too, actually. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, definitely. But let me say this. I'm not going to call Trevor stupid or dumb, but he's making some stupid and dumb mistakes. I'm starting to question his football IQ. And it just don't start with Trevor. I mean, the defense can't defend. The coaches can't coach. And I honestly think you got to start looking seriously at, at Bulky. I think, my opinion, he should have been gone. And if, and, if, and if the head coach thinks Press Kelly is the answer, you need to start looking at him too because Press Kelly is not the answer. And if he run that stupid reverse play one more time, I'm turning in my season ticket. I'm serious. That is crazy. But anyway, guys, have a good Christmas. And let me uh, get off there so I vent some more. Hey, Zach, appreciate mm. the phone call, my friend. Yeah, that reverse play is going to just eat at me. That was so dumb. Well, you're really, moving the ball, you're doing great, and then you run that. Your offensive line can't block anybody, and that you're just killing a drive. Well, That's what that reverse play did. Ridley has, has run that a number of times this year and not made any yardage. That's mm. what drives me nuts. Let me ask you something in that, because I was going to ask you in the last segment, both of you guys. Coach, we'll start with you. ETN has not complained one iota. All right, we haven't heard anything from ETN. If I'm Travis ETN, I'm a little fired up. My O-line's not blocking anybody. My coaching staff's not getting me the ball. I'm carrying the ball less than 10 times a game. I'm supposed to be a top 10, maybe even a top 5 running back. Kudos to Travis ETN for having a cool head here because I think if anybody should be griping or complaining about things because of the O-line and their lack of doing anything – and the coaching staff, it would be Travis Etienne. Well, he definitely has a uh, an argument if he wants to do that. You know, I think Tra- uh, Tra- Travis is a is is a upright, stand up guy, and his guy is Trevor Lawrence. And so, you know, I can understand why it. And I don't think he's the type of guy that would go out publicly. Now, what he does behind the closed doors, I don't know. But when you carry the ball six times in a game, when he was one of the highest uh, yardage getters, mm-hmm. total yardage getters for a number of games during that eight-game streak. There's obviously something wrong. Leon, they got the ball in Travis Etienne's hands nine times. Mm-hmm. Nine times for, what, 12? And he got nine, nine times for 31 yards if you combine receiving and rushing. That is asinine. That is ludicrous. Whatever verbiage you want to use, mm-hmm. how can that happen with an NFL game plan and an NFL coaching staff? Because this, this team panics. They have no real identity. Absolutely, they have no real identity. They, they're a finesse team because you can't run the ball. You're not committed to running the ball. You want to throw the ball around half the time. I mean, they panic. As soon as they get down a little bit, they just totally abandon the run and feel like they have to play catch-up. If you look at the, most of the teams in the NFL, if they get down by 10 or whatever, there's still a run game because you're still in the game essentially. You just need that one You need that one, uh, one possession to where you score and just make it a one-score game, but you just don't abandon the running game. It's just ridiculous to me. And listen, if I'm Travis ATN, I mean, listen, this whole team has got a bunch of parishioners on it. No one gets mad. Nobody gets upset. Nobody gets fed up. You know, everybody just is cool with every with what's going on. I, I couldn't be on this team. I could not be a starter on this team and not have light a fire in somebody. Uh, there, there needs to be some altercation. Not not fisticuffs on the sideline, but there needs to be some, hey, offense. Hey, man, if you're the defensive guy and you're on the field all the time and they're going three and out, 
I, defensive players used to come up to me and say, "Hey, sirs, man, y'all gotta give us some. You, you gotta give us a break, man. Y'all gotta get some first downs, or y'all gotta get some points on the board." Or the defense, you go to the defense and say, "Hey, man, come on, we gave y'all a lead, bro. Y'all giving up these big plays. There needs to be some kind of fire on that sideline, some kind of a communication between teammates to get each other going. Because we, I look on that sideline, man, it's like everybody in there sleepwalking. I mean, like, like they they taking Nyquil or something. I mean. That should be one of our sponsors for the Jaguars. You know Listen, what, NyQuil or no doubt. No, no, no. I'm the guy that needs to take NyQuil because my wife closed the door and put earmuffs on today while the game was going on. Oh, boy, I tell you. Man, I'd I just like to see a little bit more fire from this team, and I haven't seen it for a whole month. Maybe they'll get it when Cam Robinson returns. He's scheduled to enter the 21-day return period. I guess he can enter it this week. Um, he He's like – but he is the guy. I know you kind of roll your eyes there. Yeah. If the Jaguars have anybody like that, it probably is Cam Robinson. Yeah, well, he'll be a welcome addition, I tell you that, because that offensive line up front, quite frankly, it can't. they don't get it done. How many sacks did Tampa Bay have on this day? About four? Uh, four three and a half. Yeah. Four, three huh? and a half. Three and a half. And countless other It felt hits. like six or seven. Uh, every but time there was I, a lot of pressure. Yeah, it was a lot of pressure all during the game. And you know why there's a lot of pressure? Because they can they can pin it, you know, they can, they can pin it, the ears back and come after you because you can't run the ball. Absolutely. Is uh, it today was as bad as it gets. Today might have been as bad as San Francisco, honestly. And yeah. I didn't think it could get any worse than the San Francisco game. Let's go to the South Side. Let's get Gary in here on Ten Ten XL. Gary, what do you got? Happy holidays, guys. Go Dolphins. That's a good win hey, for you, you know, guys. Thank you. You know, you look at uh, the four the four best defenses that they played: Kansas City, the Niners, the Ravens. And today, the Bucks they scored a grand total of 31 points, less than eight points a game average. And uh, it makes you wonder, Doug Peterson is now 17-15 and 15 in the regular season as a Jags coach. Was it his great coaching in Philadelphia, or was it Frank Reich who made Nick Folk a very, very more than above-average quarterback? Because I see Trevor Lawrence regressing under Doug Peterson, and I'd like you guys to answer that. Appreciate it. Gary, appreciate it. He's not regressing because he was awful with Urban. So he's obviously better than his rookie year. Uh, but there is no doubt from where Trevor was 12 months ago to where he is now, it is not as good. So yeah. it depends when you want to start the clock as to whether he's regressing under Doug Peterson or not. Yeah, well, I mean, Trevor, Trevor's got to do it. He's got to take care of the football, man. I mean, I've been I've been enough of offensive coordinator meetings where that first and foremost thing, they, they tell you at the start of the week, take care of the football. And, and Trevor's not doing it. Right now, Trevor has 18 touchdowns. And 19 turnovers. The fumble thing, I mean, Coach, what do you do about that? Boy, I, you just keep talking about it. I mean, he's loose uh, with the ball when he's in the pocket. Now, how about somebody blocking up front so that he doesn't have to worry about getting hit? You know, it, it all is in one, but he is loose with the football. And uh, I mean, is that Fortner? Is that Sheriff? I mean, we might as well yes. name names. Oh, yeah. Yes. Both of them. Yes. Both and of them. Yes. Absolutely. All of them. I mean, yeah. Fortner, I mean, he gets overwhelmed, man. Vita Vea, I, I knew going into this game that that, that was going to be a mismatch. And Sheriff yeah, got yeah. pushed back into the yeah. quarterback a bunch today. Absolutely. I so, mean, the interior yeah. of offensive line is, I mean, they, I always say it's the meat and potatoes of your run game. It's the meat and potatoes of your, uh, your pass protection. Yeah. The quickest way to the quarterback is up the middle. Absolutely. <laughs> so if you don't have the guys interiorly that can keep guys from getting to the getting in the quarterback's face or, or in his pocket, then you, you can't, and then you can't run the ball. You can't block the one, the three, and the, and the middle linebacker. You're not gonna have much success in the NFL. You watch, you watch the game 
again tomorrow, don't you? When Unfortunately, you watch, I, I don't know if tomorrow, but uh, I'll watch it before I hit well, the air on Tuesday. Well, anyway, before you go to the, yeah. the, on Tuesday, right? Watch the tape and see how much the outside guys affected the play. Mm-hmm. It's it's from tackle to tackle is where they're affecting our our quarterback. Mm-hmm. Even with the blitzes, coach. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, coming right up the middle, there. right up the middle. And you know the bad thing too. Ezra Cleveland's been here like a month and a half. He's our best interior offensive lineman. Yeah, he might be the best. Yeah, he, those may, three. he may be. Yeah. yeah. That's, uh, that's, he was, 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 yeah, today maybe, yeah, but he's still – their interior is just giving up too much pressure. Yeah, absolutely. They, they, you can't – Trevor can't throw the ball, and I'm not making an excuse for Trevor's poor play because he was atrocious. But I'm saying, but when you got guys in your lap, I mean, a quarterback is uncomfortable when he's got guys sitting in his lap. That is, that is Leon Searcy. He is the head coach, Dave Campo. I'm the hacker, Ryan Green. More of your phone calls. James, John, Greg, I promise if you hang in there, you'll be up on the other side. The window world of Northeast Florida, fifth quarter. We're brought to you by Dr. George Barry and Barry Orthopedics and Osteen Volkswagen. All pro roofing phone line brings you the phone calls as always. And a special thank you to Players Grill. We will be back out at Players Grill a week from today, New Year's Eve, 6 o'clock to 8 o'clock. Following what we hope is a win over Carolina, they are the worst team in the league, although they didn't play like it today. Jacksonville played like it. But regardless, the fifth quarter next week, we will be back out at Players Grill and certainly want to thank them for their support of the fifth quarter. More to do talking about the Jaguars' fourth consecutive loss. But Jacksonville, it's okay. They control their own destiny for an AFC South championship. If that makes you sleep better tonight, keep saying it. Back after this, 1010XL92. Point five FM. I don't want a lot for Christmas. Putting an extra 60 minutes on the clock. The window world of Northeast Florida fifth quarter from Players Grill Mandarin. Presented by Osteen Volvo and Volkswagen and Dr. George Bari and Bari Orthopedics on 1010XL. Beth of the quarterback, ETN the running back, dropping. They want to throw it. Back shoulder throw in the corner of the end zone. That ball's caught for the touchdown. Calvin Ridley caught it in the corner of the end zone. His second touchdown of the game, a one-yard touchdown catch from C.J. Beathard. Frank Frangie on the call. Jaguars radio, Tampa Bay 30, Jacksonville 12. Every week on the fifth quarter, we do give you a drive of the game. That is brought to you by our friends at Tire Outlet. RJ, let's do it now. The Tire Outlet drive of the game. Now, the Tire Outlet drive of the game. Tire Outlet, wholesale prices, premium service. In the third quarter, the Jaguars go 10 plays, 75 yards, 2 minutes and 59 seconds off the clock. Trevor Lawrence to Calvin Ridley to cut the Tampa Bay lead to 30 to 6. 30 to 6. And the Jaguars would miss Woo-hoo. the two-point conversion. But that is this week's tire hour drive of the game. Leon, that had to be a pretty emotional moment. It, it was 10 plays. It was riveting. Uh. <laughs> to cut the lead to 30-6. to six. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You could just yeah. see the comeback had started oh, at that absolutely, point. absolutely, absolutely. That's, that's what I was thinking the whole time. Comeback. So, when you're Tampa and you're beating a team to death, I mean, they're laughing, they're having a great time. If you're on the Jaguars' sideline, I mean, Leon, unfortunately – you didn't go through many of those. I can think of a couple of those that you went through. Coach, I'm sure you went through some of those in your 5-11 and 11 campaigns Absolutely. in Dallas. I mean, what's you're just looking at the clock ticking down, thinking about the ride home and the plane. I mean, I imagine it sucks. There's really no other way to describe it. 
Yeah, I think there was a, a lot of shock yeah. and awe over there on the sideline today. Uh, fortunately, I didn't in my career. I didn't have very many of those mm. butt kickings. Now I've lost some games, but uh, that's a bad feeling when you're in that situation. Uh, Philadelphia got us a few times when I was in Dallas, but uh, it's it's an ugly feeling, and especially when you're on the road. You know, you got to get on that plane, and, and it's a rough ride. Yeah, it's tough to lose, especially during the holiday season. You know, uh, at that particular point when you're out the game, you, you, you're thinking about getting home. Wife, kids, you know, you, you're trying to salvage the, the cheer and the joy of it being Christmas and Christmas Eve because – that plane ride's no fun, trust me. And they're probably getting home right about now. <laughs> oh, yeah, they're getting and home. I have no doubt they're, they're listening to this program. Yeah, yeah, hopefully they are. My name's Leon Cersei. <laughs> yeah, Dave Campo. <laughs> just, so, just in case, because I don't, I, you know, I, I don't stutter. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, but at this particular point, man, the best thing that could happen when you get whooped the way they got whooped, man, is just go home. You know, go hug your kids. You know, get underneath the tree. Play some Christmas music, uh, some, some Nat King Cole or, Whatever you need to do to just get this off your get the off get the edge off. Maybe dump uh, some brown water in the eggnog. Yeah, and yeah, just because, have a heck of a time. Yeah, because you want to forget this ones, man. And, and it, it's just bad for this team to 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 look as bad as it did uh, a couple of hours ago. It was just it's just very embarrassing. Let's go to the state of Ohio. Let's get James in here on ten ten XL. James, what do you got? Yeah, I just want to say Merry Christmas first and foremost to you three. Thank you, buddy. Thank Appreciate you. Excel. Same to you. And, look, I wasn't getting depressed, Taylor, but I think you spend enough time on him. I just have a hard time believing that's the same guy that called all these second-half comebacks last year. But I think a guy that we need to talk more about is Calvin Ridley. You know, we traded for Calvin, potentially have to spend a second-rounder on him. And to me, when I watch games, when our receiving core is fully healthy, He's at best a wide receiver three. Jay Jones has proven to be more important. Christian Kurt has been proven to be more important. And Evan Ingram's the only guy that makes a crucial catch in the Jaguars roster. So I just want to hear your thoughts on what you would do with Calvin Ridley if the season ended today, and I'll take your comments off the air. And, again, Merry Christmas. Thanks, James. I'll tell you this. I'm not paying Ridley. I'm paying T. Higgins. If I have an option of giving $20 million a year to Calvin Ridley or $20 million a year to T. Higgins from Cincinnati – I'm signing T. Higgins. Now, everybody and their brother is going to want to sign T. Higgins, but Trevor and ETN have a little experience with him from Clemson, obviously. But there's a lot of wide receiver free agents that are available that will not cost you a second-round pick to sign like Calvin Ridley will. Yeah, and listen, at best, I will give him a one-year deal, which he's not going to take, all right? His agent is going to definitely shoot that down. I'm not giving him that 18 to $20 million that he's looking for to sign a free agent. That's not, that's not going to happen because he's been underwhelming, absolutely been underwhelming. So I mean, um, you know, I mean, the, how do where do we how do, how do we get here, Coach? How do we get here, Hat? Because when before the season started, we we just we just thought Calvin Ridley was going to be lighting up score, but with all the with all the offense that we had with Ridley and and, and Christian Kirk and Zay Jones and Evan Ingram, we were just going to light up scoreboards, and, and and quite frankly, that that just hasn't happened. You know the crazy thing, and we've been joking about it, Coach. And I know I'm probably going to get four eyes rolling at me here in a second, but I'm just going to throw it out there. If you would have told us back on Labor Day that on Christmas Eve, the Jaguars were leading the AFC South and controlled their own destiny if they beat 2-13 and 13 Carolina and 5-10 and 10 Tennessee, they win the division for the second straight year, 
and Dutton told us anything else. He was okay, you know. And that is the reality right now. I mean, that is where the Jaguars are. Um, now, I don't think they're going to do anything in the postseason uh, unless something drastically changes in the next, you know, 14 to 20 days. But if you beat the worst team in football, which is Carolina, at home, and if you beat Tennessee, who's awful, which will be a tough game. They hate Jacksonville, but you should win that game. You beat them by 20 the last time. You are division champions for the back-to-back times for the first time in 24 years. Yeah, I listen, uh, you know, during sometimes during the middle of the year, when even when we were winning, we were having a hard time with some of the stuff that was going on offensively. We were saying that the defense was hanging us in there. Mm-hmm. The offense is struggling. I made a comment that I said at that time, I said, guys, we were 9-8 and eight last year. It isn't like we were 11-5 and five and then we're just going to take off and do whatever. Well, this team right now very well could finish this season 9-8 and eight mm-hmm. and not make the playoffs or make the playoffs at 9-8. and eight. So, you know, look, if they do what they're supposed to do in the next two games, I'm going to be happy because you get into the playoffs, anything can happen. True. You can say – you know, you could say, oh, well, they're not going to beat Buffalo. They're not going to beat this team or that team. It's how you play that day. We are not playing well right now. I'm hoping that in the next two games, we play better. You know who's yeah. absolutely kicking themselves, Leon, is Indianapolis today. Mm. Now, yep. Houston has a lot of injury problems. Yep. So, they're, you know, Indianapolis was a win over a bad Atlanta team away from being in first place in the South. Right. And Indianapolis – you know what, in the bed today in Atlanta. Yep. And mm-hmm. I'm sure the Colts right now are hicking themselves for that. Yeah, oh, absolutely. And, and the, to, to top off what Coach was saying, I, I think this the, the most disappointing thing about this team uh, from last year to this year is that in in December we played our best ball in December. Right. That, that's that's the most disappointing thing about this team is that when you if you if they're not playing their best football at the most crucial time of the year. I mean, teams are jockeying for positions. There are only seven playoff sp- uh, spaces available. And this team, and we, we referenced this earlier in the, in, the, in the broadcast, is the worst playoff team right now in the NFL. They're playing the worst football right now. And that was a, last year, this team got in the playoffs because it was playing its best football in December. It had that nice little run. That's the most disappointing thing about this team to me, in my opinion, is the fact that, when it means the most, you play the least. That's what's this point. Let's quickly go to my neck of the woods. Demander and John's been on hold forever. John, you're on 1010XL. What's going on? Well, well Merry Christmas to all of you. Thank you. Thank, Thank you. you. Thank Thank you. you. Um, what, what it reminds me of, you're talking about as bad as it gets. I remember, you know, watched the Jaguars in the whole run, was last year when we played Detroit, and they were terrible. Every time they had the ball, they went right down the field scored a touchdown or a field goal, except when they took a knee at the end. The announcers were saying, look, this team is down 14 points. They're still playing a deep zone. We just, we got to jam these people at the line. How how can Mayfield get a pass off in 2.3 seconds if we've stopped him at the line? I think we should use ETN as a receiver. And also, I looked at the schedule at the beginning of the year. We're playing the Kansas City Chiefs. We're playing the 49ers, the Ravens, the Bills. 
the Bengals. I don't think we're really that much worse off than even if we were playing better from a record standpoint. The defense, we've got to jam those receivers. Leon, Coach, what do you think? We can't let them just go right down the field. John, appreciate it. We kind of alluded to that earlier. Mike Evans and Chris Godwin were running unopposed seven yards down the field. They would turn around and Mayfield would throw in the ball. That's pretty simple. Well, we are who we are. And, mm-hmm. and obviously our coaching staff has made the decision that we cannot lock up with people man-to-man and press them and do all the things that you'd like to be able to do to shut some of that stuff down. The only time I see us pressed up is when we're doubling somebody. If one guy's up pressed, the mm-hmm. safety's leaning over there. This team does not play man-to-man. They don't. They play zone. Well, uh, we didn't even zone blitz today. I don't know what we were doing because we didn't come anywhere near the quarterback today. We'll be back. We'll start putting a wrap. We'll look ahead to Carolina. Well, that'll be interesting. If you're on the line, we'll get to you, Greg and Steven. You'll be our final two callers of the evening as the 10 o'clock hour approaches on a Christmas Eve edition of the fifth quarter, the window world of Northeast Florida. Fifth quarter, we're brought to you by Dr. George Bari and Bari Orthopedics and Osteen Volkswagen with Leon Searcy and Dave Campo. The Hacker Ryan Green with you. It's 1010XL and 92.5 FM. Bringing you an extra quarter of football. The window world of Northeast Florida fifth quarter from Players Grill Mandarin. Presented by Dr. George Bari and Bari Orthopedics and Osteen Volvo and Volkswagen on 1010XL. The personal injury attorneys of Farah and Farah present this injury update. Farah and Farah. Jacksonville. Exclusive injury law firm of the Jacksonville Jaguars. All right, the Farah and Farah injury update begins with Trevor Lawrence. He left the game with a shoulder, did not come back. I believe he was, uh, I won't say quoted, but I'm, I'm paraphrasing here. He was asked about the shoulder, and I believe he said something along the lines of it was bothering him at the time that he was asked about it after the game uh it's going to be evaluated tomorrow according to Doug Peterson so again here we go again right whether it's an ankle or a knee or a concussion or now a shoulder I'm at the point now where just sit out for a week and get right and you know you know uh, both of the injuries apparently last week and this week were with him running yeah and it was when the game was out of reach in both cases now, uh, I mean, not as big, Leon, but certainly something to monitor, too, is Anton Harrison, yeah. your former position right tackle. He has been solid. He hasn't missed a game all year. Mm-hmm. He left with a back. Now he walked off the field under his own power. I would imagine it's very, very sore. But we'll have to monitor him because if Anton mm-hmm. Harrison can't go at right tackle, that's going to be a problem next week. Yeah, and listen, coming from somebody who's had to deal with back issues in season, I've had to crawl off out the bed, up the Ooh. wall to stand up. Uh, I know they're going to give him whatever he needs treatment-wise on the plane and stuff like that, but I'm going to tell you something. When you wake up tomorrow morning, you're going to feel it. <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> he what, he took a helmet to the back, right? He took yes. a helmet to the back. Yeah. And I saw how he was laying down there like that. So, I mean, I mean, right now the adrenaline's going and stuff like that. He walked off the field or whatever. And they're going to give him treatment and ice and all that kind of stuff. But when he wakes up this morning, when he wakes up tomorrow morning, He's going to be hurt. They need him because they, I mean, we'll see about Cam Robinson. I, I would doubt Robinson plays next week. I'd be surprised. In a perfect world, Cam would come back, and then I don't know what you do with Walker Little at that point because i got to tell you, I'm not replacing Ezra Cleveland at left guard. No, I'd move him over to the other side if the other guy's hurt. Yeah, right, right. So you would move Walker Little to right tackle if Anton Harrison can't go. Mm. Hopefully that's not the case. 
we'll see what happens. Let's knock out two final calls for the evening. Let's go to the north side. Let's get Greg in here on the fifth quarter on 1010XL. Greg, what do you got? Hey, good evening. Happy holidays to all of you gentlemen. Thank you. Coach Thank you. Hacker. So, first thing, I wanted to correct Coach. Coach, you said you didn't see one good player on the team. There was one good player today, and that was Logan Cook, our punter. Absolutely. I'm with you. Punt. I'm with you. Yeah. I'm he so was excited. Good. <laughs> right. Yeah. There was only one guy that was good. <laughs> I, have one, I, I have one question. Now, they were talking about Calvin Ridley being a disappointment. I watched the game. I was there. I was riding with Dave, the guy I called earlier. I drove him there and came back, and I saw Ridley multiple times open down the field deep, and Trevor never even looked his way. And this is the thing that kills me because the other quarterback it reminds me of in this regard was Gabbard. Gabbard never read the field right. Gabbard would do this thing. He'd see a, he'd basically had this, this internal clock. He'd see the first read. And then he'd check it down. He didn't actually go through the progression. And that's one of the things I think Trevor is having a big issue with is he's getting, he's getting skittish in the pocket. He doesn't go through the progression the right. And, get, and I don't understand why the heck you got Ridley, who's supposed to be this number one elite wide receiver. Why is it that on these plays that you are not looking at that guy first to see what is going on? Is he open? Did he, did he, did he blow by the coverage? Is he, you know, because it's like if Ridley's supposed to be this superstar wide receiver, you would think he would be your number one target every play. You either you, you look at him, he's not open, then go to your next guy. But it just, it, it blows me away. It's like take Ridley, have him run every other play. He runs a fly route. Hey Greg, appreciate the phone call. We got to move on, Coach. What's your response to that? Well, uh, first of all, I think a lot of it is pressure on the quarterback takes you out of your reads, and I think that's part of it. Uh, I'm sure that. This guy's open someplace, but when you don't have time to throw it, that, that, that that's an issue. We do have a little bit of breaking news, non-Jaguar related, we'll get to after Stephen in St. Augustine. He's our final call of the evening. Stephen, what do you got? Hey, uh, Merry Christmas, Hack, Coach, and Leon. Thank uh, you. Love the show and all what you guys do during the week on 1010XL. Uh, Leon, talking about the softness, and uh, I just recall earlier when they were talking about free agency, and they're concerned about the locker room. And I think we have like a Stuart Smalley locker room where we're good enough, we're smart enough, and gosh darn it, people like us. And I think that uh, Elijah Cooks was a bright uh, sign today. And then once again, after three plays, we didn't see him anymore. Uh, and I think on a positive, I think for the three of you, the fifth quarter, if we make it in the playoffs, we'll probably get the one o'clock game. So it'll be a normal schedule. And uh, one last prediction. I heard that uh, a lot of times during Thanksgiving weekend that we're the only team that have not played on Thanksgiving. And next year we do have an away game in Detroit. I think we have a good shot of making it on Thanksgiving. Steven, thank you for the phone call. Yeah, I agree with that. The Jaguars do go to Detroit next week. That would make a lot of sense. We're going to step aside, come back, put a wrap. But a little bit of breaking news. Uh, according to the NORAD Santa tracker, Santa is approaching Orlando, Florida right now. So if you are a young young little boy, little girl listening to the fifth quarter, you better get to bed right now because Santa Claus is on his way and he's going to be in Jacksonville in probably less than 10 or 15 minutes, according to Norad, Leon. Your thoughts? Well, my auntie's in Pine Hills. Make sure you drop something off, Santa. Okay, well, Santa's right there. <laughs> Santa's going to be in Orlando in 41 seconds. So we got Santa on the <clears throat> verge of coming here to Duval County. Back to wrap it up, fifth quarter, 10-10 XL, 92.5 FM. 
Oh, the holidays. Sitting around the house, sharing stories and relaxing with family. There's nothing like the holidays. Don't ruin your holiday season with a septic emergency. Plan ahead and get your septic tank pumped out now. Duck Duck Rooter Septic Services can be there this week. Go ahead, give Duck Duck Rooter a call and relax. When you're stuck, call the duck. DuckDuckRooter.com do you want to take your business to the next level? Need to understand what trends are going on in your industry? How to position your company for growth in the future? Who else should you know in your industry? Raymond James Investment Bankers. Make relationships into potential acquisition ideas, suppliers, distributors, partners. Let Addison Wealth Advisors guide you through the process. Visit AddisonAdvisors.com. Addison Wealth Advisors. Your goals, our expertise. Raymond James & Associates Incorporated. Member New York Stock Exchange, SIPC. This is Keith Catlin for Catlin Truck Accessories, and we are so blessed to be in business for over 100 years. Over 100 years of the best product and customer service means you can count on Catlin. From rolling lock bed covers to Lear toppers to cam locker toolboxes, Catlin Truck Accessories has you covered when it comes to your truck or van. We do those too. Got a fleet of vehicles? We can outfit them all. Who can you count on? Count on Catlin. One name, one location, 100 years. You can count on Catlin. Brackish Vodka, a proud partner of the Jacksonville Jaguars, is the smoothest local vodka you can find. Made right here in Jacksonville, Florida, 100% from corn, Brackish Vodka is the local gluten-free choice. Brackish Vodka, for those that live life slightly salty, a proud partner of the Jaguars. Don't forget to ask for Brackish Vodka when you enjoy your favorite signature cocktails at Dos Gatos. Come to Monahan Jewelers 46th annual holiday sale now with up to 30% off on GIA certified diamonds and up to 40% off our entire store. Certified diamonds, gemstones, engagement rings, diamond studs, designer brands. We're not a big box store. We're your local family jeweler with an amazing hand-picked inventory for every budget and with interest-free financing. Enjoy beautiful jewelry with a low monthly payment. Support your local family jeweler this Christmas with up to 40% off our entire inventory. Monahan Jewelers in Atlantic Beach. Open seven days a week in December. December. Get ready to rock your evening with the band Be Easy at Players Grill Mandarin, a high-energy, multi-genre cover band from classic hits to chart toppers. See you at Players Grill Mandarin Friday, January 5th at 8 p.m. Players Grill, where the neighborhood meets. Our biggest sales event of the year is going on now. Happy Honda Days. Savings, value, quality, safety, special financing. This is truly our biggest sales event of the year. Visit your local Honda dealer now for the deal you've been waiting for all year. Don't miss it. Merry Christmas and Happy Holidays. This is Lauren Brooks from the Frangie Show and Helmets and Heels. The best part of the holiday season is remembering those who make the holidays meaningful. Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year from all of us here at 1010XL. The YMCA provides after-school care programs for kindergartners through middle school. At over 40 sites across the First Coast, our programs focus on safety, health, social, and emotional growth and academic enhancement. At the Y, your child can build self-reliance, get help with schoolwork, explore new talents, and develop healthy relationships with others, all in a safe, nurturing environment. Plus, financial assistance is available. Learn more at fcymca.org. 1010XL is presented by Farrah & Farrah, exclusive injury law firm of the Jacksonville Jaguars. Protecting you and your family. Call 396-5555. Jacksonville. 
The Window World of Northeast Florida fifth quarter from Players Grill Mandarin. Presented by Dr. George Bari and Bari Orthopedics and Osteen Volvo and Volkswagen on 1010XL. I do like Christmas songs, man. I'm a sucker for them. Jack Frost nipping at your nose. What about Campo over here, man? It's yeah. American Idol worthy right there. Hey, RJ, is this who, is this Nat King? Being sung by yes, it is. It is. I like that. It is that. There it is. Yeah, Leon with the vast knowledge. There you go. All right. As we put a wrap on it, about three minutes to go, Leon, we'll begin with you. Talk to him, man. Eight and seven. What's your message to Jaguar fans? Uh, Well, not so, much, not so much the Jaguar fans because we've had to endure this for the last month or so. This team just needs to get upset. Tear up some furniture, get upset. Get This woo sign every week that we okay, we good, this self-inflicting wounds, man, that's, that hasn't played out. I need to see some fire from this team. And, and it's got to start It's got to start with the players. I mean, listen, I, I, I've never had to be motivated because I loved football so much, all right? It's got to be some kind of motivation from this team to to find a listen find a way to win two games. And like Coach said, once you're in the listen, it is I don't care how your date look when you go to the dance, long as you go to the dance. That's right. All right. They win these next two and they're in the playoffs. This four game losing streak is a is a distant history. Just find a way. We got to bring the early girl to the dance. Bring it to the dance. Long as you get in there. Coach, your thoughts wrapping today up. Well, uh, a little earlier. Uh, uh, Hack, you told us that your wife got you a bidet for Christmas. Yeah, she well, did. Well, listen, listen, you said we should get one. I feel like I've had a bidet for the last four weeks. <laughs> so uh, I'm looking forward to the next game. Let's get ready and let's play a game next week and let's play the way we're supposed to play. The bidet is life-changing, gentlemen. I, I am a, I will be a spokesperson for bidets. They are absolutely T-M-I. spectacular. Uh, guys, Merry Christmas, <laughs> obviously. Merry Christmas. Uh, yes, Merry Appreciate Christmas. you guys, all of us yes. doing it tonight here on Christmas Eve, and we'll hey. talk to you on Tuesday. Any eggnog for you today? Oh, I'll be some eggnog when I get home. Okay. Oh, yeah. Will it be some brown water in it? Yeah. There you go. Santa Claus has got some responsibilities when hey. he gets back to Mandarin. Nice. So, uh, that's going to happen. Santa Claus is coming to town. Yeah. There you go. R.J. Saunders was your producer. That is Leon Searcy. That is the head coach, Dave Campo. This has been the Window World of Northeast Florida, fifth quarter. We've been brought to you by Dr. George Barry and Barry Orthopedics and Osteen Volkswagen. We will talk to you Tuesday. The drill will be in at 6 a.m. We will begin 14 hours of local programming. I'll be on with Rick Ballou this week. Noon to three. Looking forward to that. We'll talk to you then. Jacksonville loses, but they are in first place in the AFC South. Carolina in town for the home finale next week. Merry Christmas to all, and to all, a good night.